This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. It's the MVSP Season 3, Episode 55. It's a beautiful day, and we love being in the studio. Brandon Worth right across from me. I'm Joe Nagy, and what a great show we have for you guys today. A quick Fair State Sports Report, as well as a little bit of some college hockey talk. Haven't talked about that in a while, but, the, but the Frozen Four is, uh, Road to the Frozen Four is upon us, so definitely going to be looking forward to that. You know, some NFL free agency talks, since there's been some blockbuster trades, and maybe some other stuff that we might want to talk about. Time permitting, we'll see. But Brian, why don't we get right into this Fair State Sports Report? Right into it we go. Um, big matchups this week across the board for all of our spring sports starting up, including tennis just coming off of a great series against Grand Valley. They're going to be Ooh. playing tomorrow as this episode is released Thursday. Um, so it'll be a Friday match against Michigan Tech at home. The women start at 11 o'clock and the men start at 3 o'clock. This time was just changed. So if you planned a week ago to go to this game at the, at the earlier time schedule, Oops, and now they're going to be different. So don't. So make sure you take your time and go and watch both of our tennis teams play really well. So going to be looking good. I mean, both teams really look coming off of some pretty good performances. Obviously, the the women's team would have liked to have the win last last Saturday, but mm-hmm. I think you still come in with a, a really positive a really positive attitude because um, you've played some great tennis overall. I mean, we had some great games over spring break and even pre- prior to that, getting some huge regional wins against teams like Walsh and Hillsdale and some other key GMAC teams that are really strong squads. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of momentum rolling into this game. And I mean, even for the women, I think that there's an argument that they can have even an emphasis to play better to really make up for that that dreadful loss against Grand Valley last week. Exactly, because like when you look at that, that's kind of going to be the main like battle is between us and, and Grand Valley because that was the same thing last season was we were we topped them, but I think we were only a little bit uh, only edged them out just a little bit. So I think that's what they're going to be looking for, uh, especially against Michigan Tech, who's a solid team. You know, just getting back and right right in the ship a little bit, so that way you can kind of make a little bit of an early season run here. But the men's side too, like just keeping the energy from uh, from the Grand Valley uh, matches is going to be the key for it because those guys were rolling and it didn't really they really showed no signs of keeping their or putting their foot on the gas. So that's the one thing too, is like Michigan tech. I'm pretty sure they finished like what middle of the road uh, last season, I think. So like, it's not like the biggest challenge, but it's still going to be a tough one nonetheless, because no, no team you want to kind of go in thinking you're just going to roll them over else. They're going to kind of surprise you a little bit, but I'm no. excited for it. I'm covering it for the torch. So we'll see. Yeah, what Joe will be there. Uh, I might make an appearance depending on if I'll be in town or not. Uh, but I think obviously going into any GLIAC match, is is crucial because I think just some people realize like or don't realize excuse me that this conference is one of the best if not I would I would strictly argue it's the best in division two across the board hands down right I believe there, it there might be some sport or some sports that have better conferences overall kind of like if you compared it to like we're the Big Ten right across the board the Big Ten has great competition across every sport no matter what season no matter what sport it is every time it's like great where like SEC football might be just um maybe a touch up in caliber or uh ACC basketball but across the board you know Big Ten overall it has mm-hmm. hands down everything across the board at the best possible peak but um there's definitely some emphasis that all every single one of these games is going to be important and I mean a Especially when you look 
I mean, at the GLIAC standings right now through um, so far some of the games, I mean, some teams have already gotten their first win in the conference play, including Grand Valley, <laughs> you know, skip, skip them, Northwood and Wayne State, uh, some of them. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot to come back from, and I think that there's still a lot of great promise within this season. And I think what's really stood out for me so far is um, the ability to play well in doubles has been something that we've really been able to do really well. The teamwork, especially indoors, has been a, a key for us that I think think a lot of other teams haven't been able to really grasp the power to steal points that that extra mm-hmm. point it can come in huge because singles matches it's it's really i don't want to say it's like a, a, a an inconsistency more or less but there's times where individually like you might not play as well but when you got a red hot teammate that can help you and you, yeah, can, you can steal you can steal that team point whereas singles you might not get that so i mean that team point it's it's one out of seven it's not necessarily seen as significant with a mathematics standpoint. I mean, that's 14% of your possible points, right? Yeah. But it's crucial because I don't, I mean, every time we've had games, I mean, especially back in February on the women's side, three of the four final games of the, the month were decided by one point, four, three, four, three, four, three. And that's what came down to winning and losing mm-hmm. was sometimes those doubles points. And I mean, especially with doubles, it's like, that's the start of the day. Right. Like, yeah, you can get ready in the kind of warm ups and stuff like that. And you can be kind of firing when you're on your own. But, you know, when you're when you got to start off the start off the match with with somebody else and losing that one or not playing super good. It's like you go into your singles with that much more pressure. You go into your singles game like thinking, man, I really need to step up here. I can't play as bad as I did in doubles. So when you get a solid doubles matches, especially across the board, like we've been seeing, like that gives some great, great momentum going into the singles. And it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you said it's one point, so it's not really that much but when you go into it and you realize like all right we're already up 1-0 we just got to win like four or we just got to win three of these and three out of like the four that we're playing so it's not gonna be that uh that hard for them i think if especially if you can really play well in, in the doubles and kind of get that up i think that's gonna be pretty solid for them yeah and i mean especially for the women's side uh, playing michigan tech a team that we were able to beat in houghton last year pretty handily 6-1 so that brings you some confidence going in it's a potential bounce back game but you know tech's gonna be a better team overall uh but you still have that you still have that juice right i mean you're coming off of that that tough loss and i i really hope that that brings another energy um to the or especially in uh a, such a huge caliber conference game because mm-hmm. in reality i I mean, kind of you're kind of building from the bottom now, right? So yeah. it it kind of it kind of stinks stinks there, but I mean it's a it's a welcomed opportunity because sometimes being at the top too long can hurt you in the long end. And I mean it's a long season because we're going to be going uh, pretty much until the first week of May, so there's a lot of season left. But every conference game is going to be pivotal for both the men's and the women's side. Exactly, and that's the one good thing is being up at the top. It's tough, but when you have such a competitive conference, you know you're always going to be trying to play really well. I mean, we're we got the target on our backs now, especially. Especially, you know, being reigning chance for both sides, they want to beat us and we got to play our best each week to be able to, uh, you know, match everybody that's going to be coming to town. So, yeah, absolutely. I think what we'll see a lot of in both of these matches is I think obviously I'm um, going to be indoors for um, both of the matches because they will also be playing on Sunday or um, Saturday as well, um, I believe, against Saginaw. So that's going to be a fun game as well um, to watch at home. Um, but there's going to be quite a bit of uh, pace 
space in both of the, in all these games, especially and likely that it could be indoors. Because um, I mean, it's getting warmer outside, but it's I, a little spotty. It little is spotty. very spotty. The well, rain, is what, like the 40, wind, it's, 40, it's forty, a little bit rainy. Yeah, it's like we're getting like an early dose of the April showers, and you know, obviously that brings May flowers. But we can't we can't play in May. That's when the, almost the season ends. So obviously, we'd love to be playing in May for nationals, but we got to get through April and March first. So, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how both teams do um, on the on the double side and the single side is going to be just important, especially um, the lower matches as well. Um, just because you when you got some top tier players, because we know we have a lot of top tier caliber players. I mean, we got the two reigning GLIAC Player of the Year candidates um, or, or award winners, I should say, from last year, and obviously candidates for this year, Matisse Greer and Morgan Waller. Obviously, Morgan not playing, but um, seeing how a lot of these other uh, younger players and um, even veteran and even veteran lower pairing players are, yeah. have been playing because we've seen we've seen a lot of great matches from them and they've been able to get us some big points despite some slip ups near the top. I mean, we're talking Josh McDermott, we're talking uh, Benjamin Lordy, Yannick Alexander Madour, uh-huh. um, and a lot of those guys. Used as well as well. Those guys are pivotal, especially on the men's side, and then uh, I mean on the women's side as well. You got a lot of great players that you can you can have kind of it seems like interchangeable uh that we've seen them being flexible in in their pairing matchups overall over the last couple of games so seeing how um, a lot of them play is going to be fun be just because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them coming off of once I, I hate beating our own drum but maybe maybe it'll help just a little bit off that dreadful loss last week but um seeing a lot of great players like sam stevenson patricia gomez uh parker nolan playing really well and then obviously our top players uh like sophie devita uh Brittany lavinet i got a clack as well being able to play well that's going to be key for this weekend oh i mean we're mm-hmm. nice to take two going into some road tests coming up next week following that we'll preview Tuesday and Thursday. For sure. Absolutely. Can't wait for that as well. But what other sports we got on the docket today? Yeah, other sports on the docket. So we have softball that will also be in action. So I lied. It was not Saginaw. It was Lake State that tennis will be playing on Saturday. Softball will be taking on Saginaw Valley um, on Saturday, both at 10, I, or I believe it's 12 and 2. Um, and then they'll also mm-hmm. be playing on Sunday at Wayne State. So a lot of doubleheader action for all these spring sports. But uh, I mean, for softball, obviously, we've, we discussed a lot of this last week. Um, we've seen some great performances overall. I mean, Josie Prince getting GLIAC Player of the Week just a, just a short time ago. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing, I it's really the consistency offensively i think we're getting a lot better defensively and pitching have been our weak points that's there's no question there um obviously that will improve the more that we were able to play and obviously um they have we have some pitchers banged up they haven't been able to get on the mound as of late so obviously that's a key factor so a lot of the younger a lot of the younger pitchers are starting to get the the mound the mound and the innings and the pitch counts up so that's good um it's good experience obviously it's kind of a you know little bit of a I'm sorry a curveball for them early on Ooh. sorry that was a bad one I, I couldn't think of I anything think you can throw a curveball in softball can you yeah you can how do you do that well spin action yeah well I know that there's like a, I mean what is it like a drop there's like drop ball there's riser yeah I, know, I mean there's like change up and stuff but I I guess it's different yeah like, would I, it be kind of like a slider type yeah, deal? yeah yeah it would be more like a slurve I would say overall just because you can't really get yeah, that kinda total like, flip yeah kind of like turn your hand weird yeah but yeah it doesn't get that overhead rotation at all yeah, maybe we'll have to talk to a we'll have to talk to a softball pitcher and bring her on the show and we can ask exactly. him that question. But there is, time. I know that there is a possibility you can throw a a 
curveball, I say in quotation marks, where it'll be probably more naturally like a slurve because obviously you can't really flip your hand over that mm-hmm. fast. Or if you do, how do you do, do you that? To, do and how many joints like, do you have in your in your wrist you, for crying out loud? When you pitch, like, do you have to keep your arm all the way outstretched when you go through? Or can you kind of like whip your arm around? Uh, I think yes to be, I mean, well, I think you'd get maximum velocity the more. The bigger the circle, yeah. Just but because I mean, sometimes like, like if you're like you kind of like bring it back and then like snap around your elbow or whatever, you kind of get. I don't know how long your ligaments in your elbow would last there. Yeah, but. I would. That would be my one concern is the how 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 strong your elbow would be to be able to take that 80, 60 times yeah, a game. We needed to get some Tommy John in there, but <laughs> yeah. Back to the team, at least. My my, the- my elbow hurts just thinking about this right now, <laughs> yeah. but. Yeah, just like we said, I mean, the pitching obviously hasn't been the greatest, and there's obviously great time to fix that. And I mean, Saginaw is going to be a team that we can certainly do that against. And I mean, you look at a lot of what we've seen over the past years, and we've been able to put together some great, great games over mm-hmm. the past couple of years. Um, it's just the overall consistency, which is, I mean, it's the hardest thing in softball, right? Yeah. It's really just, it's really can be a hit or miss day by day. But I mean, you look at it, you took look at Saginaw, they're overall. Uh, a pretty solid team. I mean, they're 14 and eight, I believe, right now this year. So we're not totally far behind that at nine and 12 overall. So there's definitely some comparison mm-hmm. that you can make there. Um, but I mean, obviously, going to be playing on their diamond is going to be a little bit of a challenge. But uh, I, I think we can definitely give them a good, a good solid run. I'd love to see them get a two win sweep out of it just mm-hmm. because that'd be huge boost confidence wise for the rest of the season. But uh, I mean, really, our veteran leadership has done really well overall. I mean, we've seen a uh, a lot of great play out of like players um uh, obviously you can say that there has been a lot of great players by like Paige Quartz has been playing really well I mean Prince obviously a little bit younger but she's been playing very well especially getting on base for us um, and then like Kylie Winkles has had fantastic start to the season she's batting 406 right now with 17 RBI she's been a critical part in our lineup uh, offensively but uh, I mean you gotta give credit to a lot of the the opposing teams for being able to out hit us so far yeah. but I mean there's still a lot of time to fix it and really, I mean, we're going to see an opportunity for that this weekend. And like, I think the one thing too is uh, just getting the team batting average up. I mean, we're just below 300, which is nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, 278 is pretty solid. I mean, it's better than a lot of a lot of other teams that you might see. But I think just getting that up because we're not really a home run hitting team. We're not like a deep ball kind of heavy team at all. But it's just making sure we can get people on base. And that's one thing we've been struggling to only a 350 on base percentage. So, you know, when you when you are able to get hits and stuff, it's it. It's all right when you get a single, but you'd much rather have it if you have somebody on second or first and you kind of stretch it out. And I think making sure that we just kind of get the uh, base on balls up a little bit and kind of just being more, I want to say like discipline, because obviously we haven't seen a game yet because they haven't been home yet. So it's not like we've been able to see anything. But I think the one thing just to get the on base percentage up that like everybody knows is just like try to increase walks a little bit, you know, and I, I don't know how hard it is, especially with kind of softball and stuff, but it's the same thing. Like if something's close and you don't really like it, just try to foul it off and battle at the plate. And I think that's the one thing. It just takes a lot of discipline. And I know our girls have that. We'll be able to do that easy. It's just kind of having that discipline when you're at the plate to be able to get on base because base runners mean runs. And I mean, if you can get those hits in every once in a while, but Hey, we much rather have base runners. So yeah, that's one thing. I, I'm I'm rolling back to um for those that have seen the movie Moneyball um uh, when um he gets on base he gets on base right that's how you win games you get on base no that's exactly right so I did notice that as well I'm glad you pointed that out because I think I mean great teams 
I mean, 278 batting average, very solid. Obviously, yeah, you'd like that to be up more towards 300, but, I mean, good teams get on base 40, 45% of the time, right? 45. So, you, you, yeah, you'd love to see over four, like over 45 or even 500 like half the time because once you do that, it's a whole different game plan for the opposing pitcher when you got a person on first. So you got even a person in scoring position, they're pitching a whole bit different way. They're not going to give you anything in the zone. They're always going to try to have you have to hit their spot where it's, you know, maybe hitting the corner or painting the edges of the zone or something like that. And when you're in the driver's seat as – as a batter, and you know that they're trying to make it so that way they're not giving you anything good because they don't want you to, you know, advance the runner at all or get on base again and stuff and kind of keep that train rolling. It's it's such a confidence booster and it's such a such a thing, especially as the batter, where you're like, all right, if you give me if you give me anything close, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some damage with it. And when you know that you're in the driver's seat, it's just it's just crazy how much better you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's key when discipline, especially in a sport like softball. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a fun weekend. I mean, being able to take on two GLIAC teams, and I mean, definitely two beatable GLIAC teams uh, going into this part of the year. Because I, I mean, we're right now ranked right around where Wayne State is, following yeah. up on Sunday. So that's going to be a crucial, crucial game for us. And uh, we'll see who gets the start. Because I mean, we're obviously pitching wise, we haven't been we haven't been terrible. Um, we've definitely gotten our our fair share of getting rocked a little bit and that's obviously Mm -hmm. that's obviously going to take time so i mean we got some two freshmen on the hill i mean Mackenzie cleland's been great i mean she's got five wins on the season so far um christina Barr, christy gray aaron gallagher not far behind um they have their share of struggles but a lot of season left a lot of time to turn it around and be able to put together a very solid campaign moving forward Exactly. Yep. So uh, moving on over into the final previewed sport on the Ferris State docket, we have golf in action here later this week. Um, well, kind of going into next week, actually. Yeah, They're going to be both. Monday. Men's golf will be um, at the Finley Spring Invitational coming off of a great performance at the SVSU Classic. Um, so really looking forward to seeing that momentum roll over. Uh, and I think really you look a lot at what this team has done. We're seeing a lot of great players that have stepped up. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw, I mean, some great performances from the SBSU Spring Invite uh, just last week. I mean, from Thomas Hersey, um, and then even the Brown Golf Intercollegiate uh, Tournament as well the week before. Um, and seeing um, like Shane Buffet stand out in that one as well. Uh, we've seen a lot of great performances across the board. And then somebody great has stepped up. What would be... The key thing, I mean, especially going down to Augusta, is being able to have everybody have those peak days at the same time on the mm-hmm. same round. That would be huge for us because, I mean, obviously last week, having that huge round two improvement from round one was huge. But if you have that little bit better first round, that was really the difference between teams that were in third and where we were around mm-hmm. seventh and eighth. You're looking at a you're looking at a podium finish rather than kind of on the outside looking in. And I think that's the one thing too, is just kind of it's a little bit different when you kind of are just doing the practice rounds and you get into that the real deal because you especially with round two, you've kind of found a groove from day one and stuff. And I mean you can you can practice all you want on the courses and kind of play each hole as many times as you want when it's like the practice day right before the first round starts. But you know, once you kind of get a feel for the competition that you're gonna be playing with, like who's in your group and stuff like that, it's a lot different too, like when you're kind of doing that. I mean, obviously we haven't really done much kind of with competitive golf or anything like that. But it's the same thing like when you've never played with some people or whatever, or you get matched with like the the one golf or the two golf or whatever spot you are on the team and you get matched with these guys who you know in different conferences or you know across like 
the way that they have to practice is so much different than you. So like when you get into it, it's a whole lot of different things that are culminating. So that when round two comes around, you're a lot more comfortable. And I think that's the reason we found the jump. But like you said, making sure that we're able to play really consistently and low in round one is going to be the difference for us to be able to make it to the top. And I think that's what we're going to be seeing, especially with this one, because we've been making consistent, consistent moves down. I mean, and especially the one before with the Brown golf uh, invite or whatever we tied, we had the same thing, had not a super great day. One was able to improve on day two place 13th. Then we do the same thing at the SVSU invite. And now we're going to probably see it at Finley too. So that's the one thing uh, coming Monday is I think we're going to be having a pretty solid round one. Yeah. And I, and I mean, really we're not totally like, and we're not, out of any of these tournaments, by oh, no say what's like. Well, I mean, we look back at the the this SVSU spring invite. The winner, Southern Indiana, was at five eighty eight. We were at six oh six. Like that's all. That's not even like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's far off at all. I mean, that's what eighteen strokes. I mean, you you can kind of equate that's just that. Like, to, it's like a bad hole for each. It's like to just take the worst hole that you've had for each year, each year golfers, and kind of just subtract one. Yeah, just a yeah. More consistent. And that's the the. I think some people. <laughs> Like I know, especially like math people and like myself would say, oh, I mean, that's they're they're playing one stroke better on every hole. Mm-hmm. But you got to realize there's that you're you're, read, you're carding five rounds and you're carding five players scores. So in reality, in that case, now you're, you got to you're going to use the 18 divided by five action, which I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but it's much, much significantly smaller. Of I mean, that's down basically three and a half shots. Did I just get that on the money from my head? 18 divided by five, three and a half. Well, it's kind of close to that. 17 and a half, bit. isn't it? You're a mental Darn math it. wizard. Mental I math wizard. Close. It's all good. You know what I mean, though. But it's not It's not one stroke every 18 holes, one every three holes for each player. Mm-hmm. Now it starts to be like, oh, minuscule. And that's really how impressive that a lot of these tournaments are, and especially the competition that we play and that we are playing really well. And I think a lot of people, they don't have the equate of, being able to understand and analyze the numbers from that perspective as opposed to, oh man, we were 18 shots off the lead. We're all right, but we're not. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. We're we're great. And that's just and that can simply be like one guy, once again, like we said, one guy has a bad round and shoot maybe five, six over their normal score, which happens by the way, especially in a sport like golf, where there's a lot of times you can go through those streaky runs. I mean, simply you can subtract that. And if you have a good round, then you can make your way up the field. But you're even able to have all those at the same time. That's what makes those teams championship contenders, to be able to turn it up the same tournament and be able to rock it one round through at a time each round mm-hmm. throughout the weekend. And then that, that's what gets you to hold the trophy up like we did a few years ago. Exactly. Definitely going to be looking forward to a lot of improvement and some pretty solid play from everybody. But hopping into the last thing, we forgot to mention it last time. Uh, we got some former ho- hockey players that are going pro. Pro Which is awesome, especially Ethan Stewart, our captain. He signed with the Tulsa Oilers of the ECHL. Love to see it. Thanks, Captain. Thanks, Thanks, Captain. Thanks, Captain. And who did Liam McDougal sign with again? Uh, He was went. Did he go to Cincinnati? Is that correct? Cincinnati. That's right. So we got two former dogs on the way to the pros. So you know the saying, you can get there from here. Exactly. It might be a football primary, but... It can replace to other sports, as you've seen always, right can now. can always so. go from different sports. And that's one thing, too, is we're definitely looking forward to following their journeys uh, for as long as their pro hockey career lasts. And it sucks that they're not going to come back for their fifth year, but 
Wish them the best in their endeavors. You wish them the best of luck. Hey, it's pro hockey getting up there. So, I mean, yeah, we why can not get paid for what you love to why do? Why not be able to take a shot and a swing at the pros? I mean, obviously, for sure. But um, oh, one more thing to mention as well um, before we talk about college hockey, because that is definitely something people should know about. Uh, Walt Kelser. All district first team announced just today. So congrats to Walt. Final season well done, getting Walt. the getting the recognition for him. So congrats to him. But frozen four time. No, the dogs are, wait. are not in it, but some of our fellow conference foes are, and some I think we're kind of rooting for. I know our fairest Twitter little, handle. Yeah, it's a little bit, but we've been starting to kind of unveil that we are we might be rooting for them. It's like a mutual like respect. Hey, when, like we when hope you con- win. When you got conference people in the in the tournament, you're always rooting for them. Oh yeah, well, I'm I'm excited for some college hockey. College I hockey. cannot wait so much. It's gonna be a blast. Uh, what do you want to do? Go through kind of the seeds and and like the stuff like that yeah so i mean really looking at for those that don't follow college hockey as closely a little bit, little bit smaller than the march madness tournament yeah it's, uh, unfortunately it's the winners of each of the conferences and i think there's only like eight conferences uh, uh or is it five or six conferences in all of college hockey and then it's kind of just like whoever is the better teams throughout so we'll start with the albany seeds because our our what'd you say rival yeah, I guess Minnesota Fo, State. Yeah, Fo, I we beat them. <laughs> the so there's, there's that one. The Mavericks of Minnesota State. They're number one in the Albany seeds. Uh, they'll be taking on Harvard first Harvard. round. Harvard's not too bad. Uh, they are in the Hockey East Conference, and yeah. that's kind of more of the. Le- I don't know. It's not as big as a CCHA, but it's also not like as. It's about the same size. Like it's not like a crazy like breeding ground for a lot of stuff. I know, uh, um, like Boston College is in there and stuff, and uh, Boston University and stuff. So yeah. there's those good teams, but there's good teams, and I feel like, like obviously we're not in the same sector of the country. Like we have Minnesota. That's mm-hmm. how hockey kind of gradually makes Michigan have more hockey prominent with the so those surrounding with those surrounding states and even you could probably Wisconsin. They're in, the e, they're in ECAC hockey, not hockey. East, I apologize. ECAC, yeah. Which is most of the. Uh, it's like uh, all the Ivy League schools. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have like Boston. Well, would that Brown, be? It's Brown, Cornell, Dartmouth, yeah. Harvard, Princeton, then, and then you also yeah. have like Quinnipiac. Uh, Colgate and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, I mean, play smart. That's that's what you're going to have to do. <laughs> They're going to play smart, so you got to play yeah. smart, too. A little bit of controversy, though, because Michigan has the number one overall seed, but they're 29-9-1 overall, and Minnesota State's 35-5. and So... I don't know how Michigan got placed over Michigan or over Minnesota State. I think it's probably just because of who they played so the, far. Yeah. But Big Ten was kind of lacking a little bit. A little uh, bit. Uh, just this a little year. bit. So that's the one thing. And then to kind of finish out the Albany seedings, North Dakota and Notre Dame are going to be taking on each other. And Notre Dame's in the Big Ten for this. They're not independent in hockey. So mm-hmm. the, that one's going to be pretty solid. I'm looking forward to see how Minnesota State does. It's some pretty solid competition there. If they're able to play up to what we know that they're able to do, then they're going to be fine. But mm-hmm. I mean... They also are known to slip up a few times. Not many times because they only have five losses, but we'll see how it goes. Allentown now, the number one seed in Michigan. They're 29-9-1, like I mentioned before. They're going to be taking on American International. American International is all right. They're kind of a sleeper team uh, that came out of nowhere. Uh, they're 22-12-3 overall. They've been pretty solid on the defensive side, uh, but you know Michigan has arguably one of the greatest starting, Ugh. one of the greatest first lines in college hockey history with f- all five of them going to to the next level next this year. Is where, so. This is where I would almost, like, this would be kind of a cool idea if they would have taken, instead of just an expansion, 
uh, pluck and pick players in on the expansion draft and being able to take a couple players from each team for an expansion franchise like the Kraken, could they just move that Michigan line and start them uh, in that spot of a franchise and then you can just build off the rest of it? You know how cool that'd be? Then be able to play together? Then the Kraken wouldn't be so bad probably, but we can skip that part. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll see how they play in that one, but I'm pretty excited for that type of thing. And then Quinnipiac, who is uh, one of the better teams in the nation, I think they finished out the season, I think, fifth or sixth in the actual rankings, and then some people kind of put them farther up in their own personal ones, but they're going to be taking on St. Cloud State, who's in the NCAC or NCHC. I think it is who's mm-hmm. what who Minnesota Duluth like Miami Denver those type of yeah, colleges yeah. are in that one so the the Midwest to kind of rocky up it's like north the, it's like the ones that are in around. between in between uh, like the CCHA teams and then like yeah NCHC yeah. is like everybody past the Mississippi River yeah like that's what the NCHC is yeah would is Alaska then still would they Alaska be? Alaska Anchorage uh they're both independents right now that's what I figured so I wonder if they're gonna join a conference soon maybe maybe we'll see maybe. them in the CCHA since we saw them in the WCHA what if they just but... played an entire season where they just play each other Anchorage versus Alaska just <laughs> 28 game season yeah just just how whoever can beat the beat the two the most I'll be yeah. fine and the winner the winner gets the they the winner gets the 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 state like they get claim of the state for the year. Mm-hmm. Hey, there we'll you see go. How that goes intrigue, intrigue. <laughs> I, I, it's gonna be pretty solid. But then Loveland, Colorado, in the Loveland seating, Denver got the top one in there, so they're gonna be taking on UMass Lowell. Who, uh, if you remember last year, they got knocked out. I think it was in the quarterfinals. I think it was. So they had a pretty solid shot for the title. But they're gonna be trying to beat down on the uh, what's Denver's con- what's what is Denver's uh. Are they the Bulldogs too, or no? Mm, University of Denver. I want to. They're the Pioneers. That's what it is. Pioneers. That's correct. Pioneers, baby. We'll see what goes on with them. But Denver's kind of looking back to getting back. Or like they're always a good team, but they haven't really been seeing the success that they have since a couple years ago, uh, kind of in the 2010s, where they made a couple of trips to the national championship and the Frozen Four. So we'll see what goes on with that. And then our guys, Michigan Tech Huskies, they're going to be taking on Minnesota Duluth, mm, the other Bulldogs. That's a toughie, man. That one's going to be tough for them. I think they'll that's be able toughie. to pull it out. They're very similar team. Teams, almost identical records. Minnesota Duluth is 21-15-4, and, and then Michigan Tech is 21-12-3. and three. So you definitely know that their ability to move around the puck is going to be something that Minnesota Duluth is going to be trying to finish because Ooh. if we remember, and if you've seen Michigan Tech in person, they are <sighs> wizards with the how move, they can move the puck the around. The movement is next level. <clears throat> it's I, like, I would honestly argue that Loveland Regional, like the winner of Duluth Tech could beat Denver. Hypothetically, oh, hundred percent. I would, I would agree that. I mean, Denver's a great team, but both I think, of those teams. I, I saw that matchup. This, I was one like, is, this one is probably going to be the most competitive. I yeah. think out of all of them, because mm-hmm. I would agree. Like, if you look at like where these guys are at, like, yeah, they aren't like the highest seedings or anything, but who they've lost to and how close they've been. Like Michigan Tech, their losses are from like really close games with Minnesota State. I mean, they've kind of went toe-to-toe Bemidji a little bit. I mean, they beat us both times, but we still, you know, gave them a good run for it. But that's going to be one thing. I haven't really paid too much attention to Minnesota Duluth, but they're going to be pretty solid anyways since they're um, in the NCHC and you got teams like Omaha, North Dakota, St. Cloud State, Western Michigan. A lot of those, they kind of ran the table a little bit with uh, the top 25 seedings as I think it was like six of them were all ranked uh, throughout the season. And then the last one finishing out in the Worcester Seeds, or Worcester Seeds, excuse me, it's not the sauce. 
Worcester, sir? It's the it's the town in Maryland, Worcester, Maryland, <laughs> at the DCU Center. Western Michigan is going to be taking on Northeastern, the Huskies versus Man. the Broncos. Western Michigan having one of the most historic seasons in their uh, uh, what is it? Program history. history. I was going to say uh, organization's history, but it's not an organization. But that's the one thing I'm looking forward to for them is they have been playing really solid. Uh, we saw them uh, early on in the season, but they've been able to really develop into a very solid team uh, and play solid as I, my voice cracks right there. But <laughs> once again, the NCHC running the table a little bit. And then closing out the last game, Minnesota, the Golden Gophers are going to be taking on the reigning champions, Massachusetts. That's going to be a good one, too. That one's going to be a pretty solid one to watch. Uh Minnesota's been playing pretty solid. They were one on one against Michigan uh, basically all throughout the season. Michigan was able to uh, top them in the Big Ten championship, but because of how good Minnesota's record is, they got a spot in. And Massachusetts not playing as well as last year. Not no. to mention last year they were a sleeper pick to win the whole thing. They weren't really expected to, but they made kind of not a Cinderella story, but a bracket buster nonetheless. So we'll see how it goes. But there's yeah. a lot of them that are sticking out yeah. to me. What ones are. Kind of catching your eye a little bit, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Minnesota UMass and then <clears throat> Duluth and Tech is obviously the ones that I'm going to be watching. Um, I think that there's a, I mean, you look at what Western's doing. I mean, this would be kind of like the, the, the team that you'd be like, they're the one seed, but you're kind of like, you hope that they win it all, you know? Like, yeah. let's, if we equivalent it to March Madness, you'd kind of see, like, mi- like Michigan would be Gonzaga. It's like, yeah, they're probably the undisputed number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'd have, like, Minnesota State as, like, Arizona, the, 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 the quoted smaller basketball program, but have had one of the most prominent seasons. Uh, and then you'd have, like, you'd have, like, Denver and then, like, probably, like, a Kansas. They're always going to be there. They're always going to be really good. And then you have like Western that's kind of like the, in this case, that they would kind of be, I guess, yeah, you'd put them as like the Baylor that have had like a fantastic year. They've been there before and they're putting, they're still building their program even higher. I mean, especially with the campaign they've mm-hmm. had this year. But so it's not out of character for them to be losing a like game that they should win. Yeah, so exactly. like that's the one thing is how consistent are they going to be when they come to, uh, Worcester. Exactly. So I, I always want to say Worcester, but Worcestershire? Worcestershire sauce. Oh yeah. In checks mix, man. <laughs> that stuff's delicious. I'm getting hungry now. We should probably take a well, break did, so I can well, get Well, you snack. did just come back from a, a workout today. But if you do want to watch all these, they will be on ESPN Plus, uh, ESPN2, ESPNU, and ESPN News. Uh, and then the times for these, uh, the Worcester, Maryland, the that seating is going to be on march 27th also on march 27th is the allentown seatings and then the day before that on uh for loveland and albany they're going to be on march 26th at 4 p.m and 6 30 all right so there you go there's the times and you can watch some college hockey trust me you will not be disappointed here's the one thing though before we go to the break the one thing that i wish they would do especially for these like opening rounds let the higher seat play host because that atmosphere oh, for those would be crazy. Yeah. If you didn't see what happened, Minnesota was playing host to Michigan for the Big Ten Championship. Dude, that atmosphere Yikes. was ridiculous. A packed barn. It was insane. Like That whole atmosphere was just loud from start to finish. If they did that, even for the second round too, I think, if you just kind of did the higher Ooh. seating and then kind of moved to kind of the garden for because it's going to be in uh, Boston this year. But if you moved to kind of like that neutral site uh, for the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, I think people would not be mad about that because the atmospheres you get in those barns and how crazy that would get, wouldn't want any other way. Yeah. Could you like imagine? I mean, it would be it'd be pretty sick if we got to host like at Engelglaben, but I mean you go to you go to Yost, 
Oh, Yost oh, is crazy. Ohio State is crazy. I'm shaking the Mac in my is crazy boots. for Michigan Tech. Yep. I mean, Minnesota uh, State's uh, any is Minnesota great. team, really. Honestly, Minnesota hockey is just another level. Yeah, it's kind of Michigan football to Minnesota hockey. That's kind of what it is. That's what it is. So. But we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to go grab a snack, Joe. <laughs> and we'll be right back with the latest in NFL free agency and trade rumors right after this. Over the past two years, this show has changed a lot. But one thing that has always stayed the same is our podcast platform and distributor. Anchor.fm is the one-stop shop to create, distribute, and monetize your podcast all for free. There's built-in uploading options and editing tools that you can make and create and publish your episodes with ease and have all sorts of exclusive options as well as sponsorships, subscriptions, and even monetized ads as well. You can have all the analytics, all the insights to make your show number one. So if you're thinking about making a podcast, look first at Anchor by Spotify. That's anchor.fm. Welcome back. Second half, NFL has been absolutely bonkers. Joe. Ridiculous. I mean, I don't think we've ever had an offseason like this ever. No. In recent memory. <laughs> recent Ridiculous. Memory. This is insane. We got goats unretiring. We got superstars requesting trades. And I mean, we got what thought would to Every be team fran- wants a new well, quarterback. We thought franchise quarterbacks would stay where they're at. Some of them are leaving. Some of them are staying. I mean, we got Tyreek Hill. What the heck is going on with that? Not sure if that's going to be doing anything there, but I don't know, dude. NFL free agency is this is probably one of the craziest ones that we've seen in a long while. Especially we can start with that Tyreek Hill trade. We can get the biggest one right out the way. Let's do it. Dolphins are trying to build something for a guy who can't even throw a ball. <laughs> for a guy who can't even throw <laughs> oh my, a ball. My accurately, man. You got Waddle now. You got Tyreek Hill with the Dolphins, but you got Tua at the quarterback. Yeah. Are they trying to make it so that way he can just kind of throw it anywhere in the vicinity <laughs> so that way they can just catch it? Or what are they trying to do there? I guess. I mean, there's so many memes out right now of Tua. Uh, and, like, there's, like, uh, I, I know one was... There's, like, the one of, like, the... Uh, it was, like, Tyreek and... Uh, this is going to be Tyreek and uh, Waddle, Miami. And, 60 yards downfield, and they're just like, where's the ball? <laughs> and then it's, like, 20 yards short or something like that. Yeah. In all seriousness, like, Tua's not terrible. No. But like, stop his, slandering him that his, badly. He's yeah, it's not just, that... Like, they're comparing him to the that culture. Tim Tebow wobbly pass. Stop it. He's, that was He's awful. all right, but, like, I just think when it gets to that point where you're going to have to send either one of them downfield, like that's when it's going to get a little spotty because his deep ball is a little bit inaccurate. But I think with what you've what you been seeing with Tyreek and kind of with Jalen, like if you do like those short kind of like slant routes and stuff like that, those button hooks, the screens, we're going to be seeing a pretty solid offense. And I think the Dolphins are going to be gearing up for a second place in their division. I don't think they're going to kind of be able to beat Buffalo at all, but I think they're probably going to give them a little bit of a run for their money. I think this is a pretty solid pickup for them, but what are the Chiefs going to do now? What do they got to do to be able to fill this void? Mm, Well, I mean, they made the Juju Smith-Schuster move, and I think that one kind of... This is where I'm very interested to hear the insider on this because, I mean, they signed Juju, and then it was almost like two days later, and now it's like, uh uh-oh, the talks have stalled. Were they actually stalled before? And then now this was the move to, they made that move to compensate because they knew this was coming or was this just a spur of the moment thing? Cause I mean, to me, it's kind of hard to believe that the chiefs wouldn't want to keep that, that group together. I mean, obviously 
there's no question that Tyreek Hill wanted that wanted the dough. I mean, being able to sign yeah. the extension literally almost an hour after he was traded for $120 million over four years with the Dolphins. Um, but I mean, the can't, the Chiefs are, are in a spot where, I mean, now they got a, a really nice haul that they can use to be able to pick up a replacement because, I mean, now they got a second, fourth in this year's draft. They got the first round selection at the number 29. Then they got a couple picks next year, including a sixth. And I think there's a conditional one that might fall between three and five so you got a lot you get some pieces for Tyreek Hill yeah. I was not going to expect like yeah we're gonna have a Tyreek trade straight up for five picks that was just like wait what <laughs> that was kind of crazy but and I mean that's the that's the story of Miami's offseason it's like new coach new philosophy let's get some let's get some new players let's get some star-studded players and let's give this fan base a reason to believe again certainly they've done it this is insane what they've been doing this season yeah they've been really making a lot of moves and like I'm pretty excited to see what it's gonna happen because I remember when like Tua got drafted there they were like all right like maybe this kind of be something a little bit like he's a good quarterback but he didn't have any pieces around him really and he was able to learn behind Fitzmagic his first year but then you know you get waddling and it's like all right the Alabama boys are back at it like we'll see what goes on there not the greatest season they had but now that you have you know two weapons there on the receiving end like now defenses might be spread a little bit thin you do have two his ability on the ground but it's just going to be if he's able to kind of get that deep ball under control and kind of pinpoint that a little bit Dolphins could be scary next year it's just all about this offseason what they do with training camp and stuff like that yeah they're going to have to make some moves I think for long term to save some money because I mean obviously uh, they have Tua. They also signed Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year six and a half to back him up. But I mean, they've made some. I, I really like some of the moves that they've made. I mean, just bringing in Mike McDaniel, I think, is something that's going to revitalize the franchise. But I mean, they've brought in some top-tier guys that really. It's. I don't think they've. I don't know if they ever believe that there's a limit on running backs since they considerably have six of them that you can make an argument could be a a starter or at least in the rotation now uh, on that team. I mean, they they just got Duke Johnson. Really released to the Buffalo Bills so that's one of them gone but now you got Chase Edmonds which I think could be their day one starter honestly right away I mean you obviously had Miles Gaskin is kind of that guy but then you also bring in Raheem Mostert who I think really just needs to have a new I mean he had a great season two years ago to make it to the Super Bowl but I think he just needs a new fresh start because I mean especially the injury ridden San Francisco is not helping his career so I think that might be a good move for him and then I mean they even got some other guys in there as well that they've been able to sign and I mean they got Connor Williams, a really very good guard for them. Uh, I mean, they were able to sign Teron Armstead. That's a huge move at left tackle to protect Tua and keep him on his feet. Cedric Wilson is a guy that Mm -hmm. we expected to get the bag from another team and leave Dallas. So I think that's just I think this is all a really good, solid offseason that we're seeing from Mike McDaniel. And I think that's something that Dolphins fans should be happy about seeing a little new face of the franchise here. Exactly. And I mean, not only that, but like you got Teddy Bridgewater as well. That's going to be pretty solid for the backup and stuff. And I mean, there's a lot of other teams too that I've kind of been making a couple moves uh, that I've seen, especially, I mean, we talked about Denver as well, getting Russell uh, Wilson. That one's going to be pretty solid for them. I'm excited to see what he's able to do there. Uh, You know, it's going to, it's going to be weird not seeing him with that one-two punch with DK Metcalf. But, yeah. you know, I think with this, you're really going to be seeing a great year from Jerry Judy because yeah. he has not really had anybody to kind of give him the abilities to show off his talents on the receiving end. And when you got Russell Wilson, who is able to make those plays, and you'll be able to kind of see them really pair up into a really good duo of quarterback and wide receiver. And that's one thing that's going to be pretty solid. Uh especially for them that they're trying to make a little bit of a run here. But I don't know. There's a couple of other teams, too. I mean, 
What ones are you kind of catching your eye getting other than the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, Denver certainly is one because, I mean, Russell Wilson was pro- honestly one of my favorite players growing up. I even bought a Seattle jersey in my younger years for Halloween in honor of that guy. I love what he does on and off the field. So seeing him get a fresh start is going to be fun to watch. And I think this is really – this is John Elway saying, all right, I don't want to th- – he's, he's not going to say he screwed up. But I think this is kind of the way like, all right, my method's not working. We can't draft this first round guy out of this school uh, with this build and this throwing accuracy and this strength that literally it hasn't worked. He's tried it three times with Lynch, Simeon and Osweiler and it's not worked. So going in a different route, I think it is I think is definitely um, I think it's definitely worth for the franchise getting Randy Gregory to help out now with the loss of Von Miller is an yeah. absolutely huge steal. It's kind of hilarious how that ended up going for Dallas. But uh, I think this is kind of the year of this is the core we've built at receiver. Let's see how good they really are. Let's get them a really above average, I would say. It's it's not a harm to Russell Wilson, but comparably to the quarterbacks ever before him, mm-hmm. as far as arm talents, not many. Bridgewater's are right. And then you got obviously the guys that I just mentioned that have really flamed out in the last four years. So there's a lot to look forward to. I mean, they did give up Shelby Harris. They did give up. Uh, Drew Locke and Noah Fant, but there's still a lot that you can do with this team because I think uh, Alex O is a fantastic tight end, and I think that he'll fit in just well. And I think some people wanted him to get the starting spot, or even be give him more more touches. And now that's going to certainly give him that opportunity. So, but I mean the fact that they've brought on all this defensive talent as well. I mean they have Sertan from last year's draft. I mean that defense looks even better. And oh, now you got a good, competent offense. Whew, look out. This might be the year that they can finally just claw out the Chiefs now that Tyreek Hill's gone. Yeah, true. And I mean, you're talking about Cowboys as well. Amari Cooper is now with the Browns, which is going to be kind of different for them. Uh, you know, like uh, Gallup is resigning, though, so that's going to be pretty solid uh, there. Uh, there's one that I was looking for that I just saw. Oh, Chargers signing Cleo Mack. That's going to be a big one for them, uh, I, especially. I think that's going to be going to be solid, especially since they need a defensive ability there because I think that's one of the main thing that's going to be able to kind of push them over the hump a little bit is kind of being somewhere where you can have a little bit of a cushion for a uh, Herbert and the offense to be able to kind of, I wouldn't say like take some, take like the foot off the pedal or anything, but like when they're, when they, you know, go out and they get stopped or whatever, that's not going to be such a detrimental thing. Now when you're actually going to have a defense, that might be able to make a stop. They still got to make a couple more, uh, Couple more moves, I think, uh, but especially with Cleo Mack being in the middle, that's going to be a force. That's kind of that's going to be uh, disruptive. Uh, a lot of the other teams run offenses. Yeah, a steal nonetheless. Literally getting Khalil Mack for a second and a sixth next year. Easy I think money. a lot of Easy teams money. would take that deal. Detroit would honestly probably take that deal. Um, I being as conservative as they have been so far, but we'll talk about that in just a second. I was about to say, I love what the Chargers are doing. I really love what the Chargers are doing because they recognize that they have already built something and all they need is that extra, that extra talent to get you over the hump because I mean you got a talented offense you got a lot of great weapons they resigned Mike Williams love that move they have Keenan Allen who's going to be a stud Austin Eckler that offense we don't have questions about the defense was some of the 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 low points of this year and then you go out and get 
Khalil Mack, a force on the outside linebacker position. Then you bring in J.C. Jackson, who literally has an eye for the ball 24-7. I mean, that's just a, those are just great moves for the defense. And then you got some other key players that aren't going to be necessarily talked about as much uh, overall with a lot of these moves, like, like Sebastian Joseph. That be able to get him back to the $24 million contract up the middle um, at the defensive tackle position. And those are going to be key moves that will glue the defense all together now to be with able to get that pass rush with Joey Bosa and now pair a very good corner with Derwin James. You got one side of the field locked up for sure. And I mean, you're able to spread them around. You're going to be able to force some turnovers and give Justin Herbert the ball more times. Who wouldn't want that, man? That guy's special. And this team could be special. And what will be a loaded division this year now with what the Raiders have done as well. Yeah, true. There's a whole lot of whole lot of divisions I think that are going to get really shaken up uh, with this with this moves that a lot of teams are making. Uh, especially kind of seeing uh, a lot of different. I mean, Washington Commanders too. That's what I'm going to be looking forward to with Carson Wentz signing there. Kind of see like new name, new team. Who this? Maybe we'll see something going on for them. But I don't know. There's a lot of teams I think that have definitely lost this. Uh, that have definitely lost this. Uh, free agency. I was going to say draft, but that's not correct. That have lost a free agency, but a lot of teams who are really looking forward to this next season who can really uh, show a lot of success. So, I don't know. I want football season to be here. I want football season back ASAP. But, yeah, I do think that there are some teams that um, have not done as much. I think some people realized, and obviously there's some huge trades going on um, as we speak right now. I think some people, I think a lot of Falcon fans are feeling it right now, (laughs) not having Calvin Ridley. And now you get rid of Matt Ryan in a trade with Indianapolis. So Indianapolis now takes another franchise guy for a one-year contract. Um, You could be quoted, it's just above average now moving on from Carson Wentz but I mean now they're going with Marcus Mariota which that move it makes sense I know I know Falcons fans don't like that it makes sense but it makes sense because I mean their relationship with Arthur Smith um, I think is going to help him be able to get back to a starting role position and I think Atlanta's kind of stuck in the middle they don't know what they want to do because their defense is still so young and the guys that they bring in for veteran presence are only one year two year guys and they can't sign them long term just because of them spending all of their money young for the offensively that they did with guys like Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, and those guys. So now some of those guys have moved on. Like Gage is now in Tampa Bay. So there's a lot that you can look at what the Falcons are doing, and you can be like, ah, this sucks because they're kind of now at the rebuild mode. But I think they realize what they did last year was a little bit higher than what their expectations were overall. So I think there has to be that discussion there. Yeah, true. So, but uh, I think the number one team, obviously, that our our friends and colleagues have been talking about for sure is what the Lions have been doing, and it hasn't been a whole lot of much. And I'll tell you what, I love it. And here's why: we haven't signed any big time caliber players to like huge multi million dollar contract, multi year lockup guys, but we have made some very very nice moves, and I think. What Brad Holmes is doing, I'm starting to see the vision, and I'm starting to really, really dig what he's putting down here in Detroit. So, uh, I mean, obviously a big one, DJ Chark, one year, $10 million. Love that because Needed that. he came in the quote of the press conference. I know I watched part of this. He came for the culture. He's He understood what Dan Campbell was doing, and they were winning the same amount of games as with Urban Meyer. And he said it was a colossal difference by what he was talking about because he got the insider with Marvin Jones and Jamal mm-hmm. Agnew over there. And they were saying, yeah, it's way different over there by what I'm hearing. And the, the reality of it is them recognizing it, boom, that's a home run. You already have 
the culture established, that's going to bring players to Detroit the more wins we get every year and the more we get this culture that's set up we get these extra players developed we're going to win more games and that's going to get us to a position now where we can be in a spot like the Chargers we can get in a spot like Denver where we can make these big moves and we can start actually making a push yeah that's the one thing is like that's what we've been talking to for uh, talking about for a while just the the whole change just the grit of Detroit that the team is embracing that Dan Campbell is having everybody embrace in that organization because I'm seeing like what Dan Campbell's been able to do it runs all the way from you know the janitors of the organization <laughs> to to the top name players to Jared Goff to all those guys who are going to be suiting up every Sunday and Monday and Thursday whatever day the games are on like when you have players like that who are coming and say I love the culture here like that's the reason I'm here and you see that like that's kind of getting spread out throughout the whole league. A lot of these players that are looking for places where they might want to play and they might say, I want to be at a place where winning is valued, but winning uh, winning by, you know, playing hard and digging deep and going back to the way football is like supposed to be played. Like that's the one thing that I think is really going to change uh, for the better in Detroit is we have such a great culture and we have such a great, such a great, I guess, like inter I inner like core i guess Mm -hmm. just with everybody that's been able to adopt it and that's one thing is once you get everybody to buy in then it's super easy to see success yeah and i think a lot of people would say that the lions are a year ahead that we're already getting some of these these younger free agent guys mike hughes coming over from kansas city that's a huge asset chris board coming over those guys will compete for starting jobs with some of our young players and being able to even mentor them um to Mm -hmm. get them two years ahead in development as well and i think this is the biggest thing to me we look at all these guys that we've added to this this franchise over the last year in the draft or in for agency or whatever how many of them left not many they're all coming back, and that tells me it's working. Mm-hmm. When you have a team that is in the bottom half of the league for the entirety of the season and at the bottom at one point with 0-8, and, and you got guys come like over 75% of your players that have signed at least a, a significant deal to be a part of the team. Obviously, practice squad goes in and forth across the league regardless. Mm-hmm. But when you got over that much people coming back every year, that tells me it's working. I mean, you got guys like Khalif Raymond that you got guys even like you can throw in like a Tracy Walker that could have went elsewhere and maybe found another role for more money. But no, they say it in Detroit because they recognize this is actually working. This is the way to go and that they're going to see success down the road. And right now, the NFC, obviously, they're going to have to get through Aaron Rodgers, but starting to go more wide open each and every year now that we literally are seeing teams like with players like Devontae Adams leaving the Packers. You got all like quarterbacks leaving the NFC, like Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson, like we mentioned earlier. And there's yeah, the NFC is looking pretty wide open right now. Mm-hmm. Looks like the Rams and the Packers. And outside of that, a lot of question marks. Exactly. A lot of question marks. And that's what we like to see is it's going to be wide open. It's anybody's game. Yeah, there's going to be people who have some expectations for what Detroit's going to be. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're bad. But hey, as Detroit fans, it's only looking up from here. Yeah, and obviously, put the the, the legal stuff aside, Deshaun Watson's going to be playing football again, mm-hmm. which I think everybody's looking forward to seeing. And 
There's even rumors we might see Colin Kaepernick again. There's talks with him in Seattle. Uh, I could see them making that kind of a move or even trying to trade for Baker Mayfield who wants out of Cleveland now that Sean Watson is there. And I mean, really, it's going to be a fun year. I'm really looking forward to seeing this NFL draft coming up, especially April. At the end of April, we'll do our mock drafts here after March Madness concludes. And I mean, that's going to be fun, Joe, because I think this could be the year the Lions could win the entire draft and be the best drafted team based on our capital. I think so, too. Should we trade out a number two? Mm-hmm. I think that's a loaded discussion. How about we save that for next week? What do you say? I love that. All right. You're going to have to stay tuned and subscribe on the MVSP to learn more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the MVSP. Hey, go follow our personal social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter, too. We'd love to interact as well. And until next Tuesday. Take care, everybody. <laughs>